everybody to the Eyes on Big Podcast, your number one go-to Big Ten football-specific podcast. I'm your co-host, Jeffrey the Greek, joined as always by... This is Big Kurt here. I am on Twitter. I am Jeffrey the Greek, at Jeffrey the Greek. And I'm Big Kurt on Twitter, at B1GKURT. We thank you very, very much for listening. We thank you very, very much for sharing it. For those that do, um, Big Kurt took a little... uh, Tour of, of the Big Ten country a little bit. You I did. The, you were in the Keystone State. Yeah, actually, two weeks ago I was in Maryland for a week yep. for training. And then this past week I was in Philly, which was interesting in a number of ways. It was kind of I, it's our biggest convention of the year out there globally, and uh, I, it was kind of a last minute thing that I had to go to it. So there was just no hotels available. And I booked this flea bag hotel out by the airport, which was nowhere near the convention center. Not often you get to use the term flea bag hotel. I, I'm telling you, it's the worst hotel I've ever stayed in, at least with my job. But it was just the best I could do. And it was like a 12 to 15 story tower. So I just called it the crack stacks because <laughs> like everyone that I walked by looked like a crackhead. <laughs> and I was sure I was going to die. I was like considering shacking up like sleeping on somebody's floor in the good hotel but i ended up just just powering through and going and then i ended up at this so it was in south philly okay and i ended up at this neighborhood bar in south philly because i always find my way to a bar and it could not have been a more philly experience like every stereotype you have of philadelphia people came through in this evening at this bar like there's almost no one in there right so I bust in, and like the record scratches, everyone knows I'm an <laughs> I'm an outsider. I was wearing like a a nice button up shirt, but put some blue jeans on, and I feel like the owner of the bar kind of befriended me in order to kind of diffuse the situation. Like everyone in the bar is like, "Who the hell is don't this?" Don't beat guy? him up. Don't beat right. him up. And so he like started talking to me, be, being real friendly to kind of diffuse everybody. They ended up being pretty nice guys. Um, the one sitting next to me. I mean, I was trying not to laugh because he's wearing this Flyers jersey. And it's not just a Flyers jersey. It's a St. Patrick's Day themed jersey. So it's green. I mean, I'm colorblind. I could still tell it was green. And it wasn't just green. It was green plaid. And he's just sitting there like, oh, yeah, this is normal. Yeah, this is what I wear. And then the guy across from me was wearing a Phillies jersey. He was shit-faced. And I get to talking to him, and he's like, yeah, effing Phillies, World Series, we got Hopper. Yeah, we got Hopper. We got the World Series. It was just, I, I only hung out there for like an hour or so, but I mean, I got a full taste of Philly in that oh, one hour. God. I mean, this is the same fan base that the old, uh, was it the Vet Stadium, right? Was that the, the, mm-hmm. the they had that? I, I don't know if it's true or not, but I've always heard that they had a place underneath Jail to cell. incarcerate people. No, I'm pretty sure it yeah. was true. Yeah. So one time I was in Philly like, I don't know, 12 years ago. And again, I was at a bar. There's a theme to every story that I have. <laughs> and the bartender's like, where are you from? I said, St. Louis. And he goes, oh, you're not going to the game, are you? And what game? He said, well, the Rams are playing here and against the Eagles tomorrow. I had no idea. Okay. And I was like, no, I, I'm not a fan. And he's like, well, good, because last time the Rams were here, one of the a bunch of Phillies fans beat a Rams guy up and killed him, like yeah. beat a Rams uh, yep. uh, fan up. And the guy ended up dying, literally dying. Same people that, uh, what's it, was was it Michael Irvin that he got hit so hard they thought, like, I think he lost feeling in his legs. Okay. And they were carting and him off. They were just, just cheering. Pelt, yeah, they were just yeah. pelting him and cheering. Oh, yeah. man. Um, 
I spent a lot of time in uh, Pennsylvania, previous job. Uh, but the last time I was there, no, one of the last times I was there, flying back for my honeymoon. And just because of the only flights I could get, we had to have an overnight stay in right. Philadelphia. Same thing, same, pretty much a dump. Flea bag hotel. Yeah, yeah. Dump hotel. It was right by the airport. Literally got there at It was in probably the, the same hotel. It might have been. <laughs> we got there in the evening just to eat, go to sleep, wake back up, and then catch the flight yeah. home. Um, taking the cab, because this was before Uber really hit its stride. Taking the cab from the airport to the hotel, and the guy speaks hardly any English. He, we are out in the middle of nowhere. We were in a rundown, no lights on business park. I don't even know how that's possible, even because right. it's, it's just, just so densely populated. Right. And, and I mean, I've got the the uh, address pulled up on my phone. I mean, sure. I can follow along. Dude, I thought we were going to get our kidneys cut out at the at the very best. Worst, just you know, stuffed kill. I don't I don't know what you know, killed stuffed in the yeah. trunk. I don't know what they're going to do to us. I don't know. And then he met another cab driver too that's weird oh it was it was literally one of the very few times in my life where i honestly thought i was scared going for to your perish. life yeah got want to you know obviously get into the hotel ordered a philly cheesesteak oh, yeah. from the dump restaurant that was a part of that hotel it was mm. phenomenal really it was absolutely amazing melt in your mouth so speaking of cheesesteaks there's like three big famous ones right pat's gino's uh gyms and steve's i guess maybe four so i've hit three out of the four now I had Geno's this time. It wasn't as good. Pat's is my favorite okay. so far. Okay. But then with my cabbie story, just briefly, uh, he was dropping me off at the convention center, and he was a Penn State fan. We were just chatting, you know, on the way uh, uh, to, uh, during the trip. And so I get out, and he didn't get out to get my luggage, which, you know, I couldn't have it any other way in Philly. So right. I, I open his hatchback, and I grab my luggage, and I said, we are, and he immediately... Penn State. Oh, hit it. Close. Nice. Yeah. Nice. So that made me that feel was, good. That was nice. Yeah. Yeah. To throw that out there. All right. So, um, yeah, not a lot of uh, housekeeping. Do you have housekeeping? No, no, no housekeeping yeah. right now. Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to go through, try to do rapid fire as much as we can, all 14 teams. Uh, and what we're looking at is something that interests us the most about that team. Okay. Um, I would say maybe an area of focus that they need to yeah. improve on with each team. Uh, so you could say if the team got a lot better at this, there would be an extra spring in their stuff. Mm. <laughs> a little bit, little bit of a pause there. Um, yeah. So the, and then for me, I don't know. We kind of split the teams up. I know that we're covering um, as best I could. I tried not to focus. On quarterbacks, because I feel like every time yeah. there is a spring recap sure. or a going into fall, the only thing people want to cover is a quarterback battle or stuff like right. that. With that being said, there's a couple teams where that's just the number one thing sure. to look at, and that's what you kind of have to do. But I yep. tried to spread it around as much as possible. I think I did the same. Okay. Um, so first team up is the first one. We, we started with Michigan on purpose, and it's just completely random order after that. We're mm -hmm. starting with Michigan just because – I kind of think I don't know. They've kind of got the most interesting thing going on. Definitely right one of the more certain interesting degree. off seasons for sure. And what we're talking about is uh, uh, offensive coordinator, new offensive coordinator, a lot Josh of coaching. Gattis. Yeah, a lot of coaching maneuvers. Yep. Um, uh, uh, Greg Madison left the yep. program. We'll get to get to Ohio State later, but so Josh Gaddis, fresh from Alabama. Um, does not run what would people would consider the Jim Harbaugh no. style of offense. He's much more 
more of a spread type of guy. That's almost his entire background from from checking him out a little bit. Yeah. Um, to me, the interesting thing about this is Michigan was one of the few teams still left in D1 that was running a more pro-style offense. Um, he they, Is this a waving the white flag type of thing? If in order for us to compete with the best, we need to make this switch. It, so it's a it's not just a switch in offensive coordinator. It's a switch in philosophy. It definitely is. And is it waving the white flag? Yeah, I guess kind of is. Because last year you never got the feeling they were never going to beat you offensively, right? And so when they ran into a team like Ohio State that could score 100 points, even on them, they had no chance of winning that game. They've, with, they've got to switch it up, right? With that being said, this is just a thought mm -hmm. process. Okay. They beat everybody else on their schedule except for Notre Dame, a playoff team. Yep. And Ohio State, which I don't think there's any question to me, was good enough to be sure. a playoff team. The other thing I'd like to point out, too, is, yeah, they got shredded. Their, their defense got shredded. Their offense couldn't put enough points on the board to keep up. Their defense got shredded by one of the most prolific passing attacks right. in the history, sure. of, literal history of the Big Ten. And with Dwayne Haskins, who I think is the best quarterback in this draft, and three wide receivers that tested off yeah. the charts at the combine, right. and I think are all going to be solid pros. Is this an overreaction by Harbaugh in Michigan to okay. have such a big philosophical change? like this i don't think so because look how much they're losing on d they can't just rest on their d this year they've got to score points right not to mention harbaugh is i'm not going to say he's on the hot seat he's not but he's under a lot of pressure to take his team to the next level he's got to do something here at least to show the fans that he's trying to that's a good point so he is trying to do that he has publicly made statements that i don't know if it was this was exactly the the uh, uh wording he used but he said he's given the keys to the offense yeah. to gaddis um, Gaddis then turned around and said, yes, this is going to be a more uh, explosive, faster paced offense. However, we're not going to just go away from the running game. We right. are going to still the running like game will still be focused, which is very much what Alabama was and last still year. power running style. It yeah. sounds like so I, I read he calls his offense like a pro spread or pro style okay. spread or something like that. I like that with no huddle. So. It'll be interesting to see what it looks like. Yeah, that's going to be intriguing to watch. So next up, Indiana Hoosiers. All right, the Hoosiers. Uh, let's start. Unfortunately, we got to start with quarterback here. I'm sorry, because Michael Penix, he you know hurt his knee last year. They, the Hoosier fans have been calling for this guy. Can't wait for him to take over the reins. And it sounds like he's recovering well, and he's probably the leader, although you still got uh, the Tuttle, the transfer coming in, and the um, – the starter from last year. Help me out. What's his name? Ramsey. Peyton Ramsey. Peyton Ramsey. There you go. So there'll be a, a, a good battle for the the uh who wins the quarterback. Um they still it's got a, it's a it seems like an unnecessarily crowded quarterback room. A little bit. I'm still surprised by Tuttle transferring there, although he hasn't been totally cleared to be eligible yet, from what I hear. And that's from my Hoosier Insider. Uh, Alex at Hoosier Al 111. Um, looks like at wide receiver and tight end, they'll be fine. Obviously, stable of running backs, right? They'll be fine there. So I think offensively, they're okay. Now, on defense, the, the defensive front is where they're going to have their problems. That's where they got to fill in. And I think this guy, Juan Harris, that Juco kid who originally committed, had to go the Juco route, they're going to need to lean on this guy. 
defensive line and linebackers are probably the big concern here. Defensive backs look good. Now, we had mentioned before, we should also note that Michigan's spring game, Saturday, April 13th, the Hoosiers, Friday, April 12th. Okay. Okay. Good. Another great move by athletic director Fred Glass. Although, don't tell Alex that because yeah. he thinks he single-handedly destroyed the Hoosiers basketball program. Ooh, bold statement. Yeah. All right. That brings us up next to the Nebraska Cornhuskers. Uh, you could start in a lot of different spots for areas that would be interesting to see how it develops. Uh, the offensive line, very much in flux. They got a lot of okay. working pieces, new faces in there. Running back and running back depth. Um, uh, Divino Zigbo gone yeah. from last year. Mole Washington, although not a giant question mark, at least there's some question marks on there. So it's going to be a whole bunch of new faces at running back. But to me, what you are really looking at this spring is the defense. Um, Absolutely. Last year in the spring game um, was Adrian Martinez' first coming out party. He looked amazing in the spring game. And you thought, okay, well, it's a spring game. You know, sometimes they're not even – not even trying to tackle all that right. much in spring, but really kind of what Nebraska looked like in their spring game last year is what played out. They were an explosive offense that right. didn't tackle a lot. Speaking of tackling, with Nebraska, I mean, they finished 92nd in total yards given up in okay. defense last year. That's okay, pretty bad. And uh, off that defense, they lost five of their top six tacklers. Wow. They lost Luke Gifford, Antonio Reed, Trey Neal, Diedrich Young, and Aaron Williams. They were numbers two through six. No kidding. Yes, for tacklers with uh, the number one tackler on the team, Muhammad Barry, coming back. Okay. So the two teams that I, I do think took a step up defensively in the second half of the mm -hmm. year are obviously Minnesota. And Nebraska yeah. was doing better things yeah, in the second that's half. That's true. With that being said, kind of gets back to my own line. It, de it depends on what your definition of is is better it was better but still the end product those last six games was not the strongest defense right in the Big okay Ten by any stretch losing your two through six tacklers is kind of a double-edged sword right it's a bad thing but you're losing it from a bad defense could that eventually be a good thing by say mid-season or later in the season this and year that all depends on who the guys are that are going to replace them mm -hmm. um, and how they step up i definitely think nebraska has talent um I, myself, I feel like I am well within my right to question the effectiveness of defensive coordinator Eric Chenander. Sure. He's still a pretty young defensive coordinator. Yeah. It's not like they, they busted out amazing defenses when he was at Central Florida either. Right. Um, I think this is still very much a work in progress for how this defense is, is going to look. It seems like they want to to really focus on forcing turnovers. Okay. And forcing turnovers is huge. Don't get me wrong. But at some point, you just got to make consistent stuff. Well, and at some point, a, a lot of turnovers is just luck. Correct. But offensively, if I can switch it up here, I'm not concerned about them at all because of Adrian Martinez. Oh, 100%. I mean, they're going to be just fine in offense. Yeah, I mean, they, they lost some talent in wide receiver. They're going to be fine yeah. at wide receiver. I do think they'll be fine eventually at running back. The offense will look look good. But yeah. It's 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 still on that defense. And Mohamed Barry obviously coming back, DiCaprio Budo, David the Davis brothers on the D line. I'm not saying there's there's nothing there. Sure. It's just what's there needs to look. There's a lot of question a marks. Better. 
Let's, All right, next let, up. Well, yep. let's point out Nebraska's spring game, 2 p.m. on Big Ten Network, Saturday, April 13th. All right, next up, the Illinois Fighting Illini. How about this? When is their spring game? We'll All start right. with it so we don't forget. The Illini spring game, also 2 p.m., Saturday, April 13th, on Big Ten to go. Okay. All right, what do we got? Coincides with Nebraska. So, Illinois, you remember that Wendy's commercial? You may be just a little bit too young. I know you're not that much younger than me, but I remember being really young. There's a Wendy's commercial with an old lady oh, yeah. who said, where's, where's the, the beef, beef right? Sure. So that's kind of the theme for Illinois, I think, in this offseason. Where's the D? Because <laughs> we just talked about a really bad defense in Nebraska. They made, I mean, they looked outstanding compared to Illinois. Illinois was that much worse than Nebraska. Nebraska was 92nd, you said, in total yards. I think Illinois was 126th. Which is second to dead last. So I there's 130. Okay. Is it 29 or 30? I yeah, can I never. But, I think it's but they were almost dead last in yards. The fact given. that we have to debate on how last last right, is. Exactly. So here's the good news. They're only losing one starter off that defense. A pretty good one. Delshawn Phillips, a middle linebacker. But is that a good thing or a bad thing? Like you return everyone from a really bad defense. Now, at one point. Lovey took over the defensive play calling, correct? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And there was a little bit of an improvement right at first. At first, the first game that he did that, there was a, a marked improvement. It, it looked like a different defense. They just looked more active, and but they 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 tailed off. I mean, it wasn't a drastic difference overall. And I feel like whenever you have such a horrible defense in this mm-hmm. capacity, um, what what I would always look for is just get in your base 4-3, know that you're going to be probably in a cover 2 or cover 3 zone a yep. lot. Just do the basics right and at least shore it up a little bit and simplify things. Well, yeah, and <laughs> sadly, that's kind of what they were trying to do, and it just wasn't working out. Now, in terms of personnel, uh, defensive backs, still a little young, okay. I feel good about our defensive tackles. You look at them, you're like, okay, we should be able to get the job done here. Defensive end, oh boy, it's it's a struggle. Um, but basically, you're looking at a team that should be older, wiser, bigger, faster, stronger, right? They've got to improve. Just go from putrid to bad, and you give yourself a shot at For winning sure. a couple and more games. And in all honesty, if their defense was just bad, just, they would have made a bowl. They made a bit of a bowl last They would have definitely made a bowl Because they last definitely year. blew games in the non-conference. Yeah, that well, they blew the a... South Florida game, and yep. then they just need one more. Right. Yep. Yeah, that was sad. Um, also, wide receivers atrocious. That's something I got to work on in the offense. I mean, great running game, right? The offensive line is solid. They only replaced one guy on the offensive line, so that's a positive. But they got to find a passing game. Good news, though. Body by Lou. Lou Hernandez is a strength and conditioning coach. We just talked to a former Illini last night about him. Yes, we did. All right, uh, that gets us through Illinois on to the Minnesota Golden Gophers. Their spring game is... Spring game for the Golden Gophers at noon, Saturday, April 13th. Big 10 to go. You know, before we get started on the Gophers, I'm going to their practice on Tuesday. I'm going with a listener. Yes, uh, Danimal is going with Is it so this Tuesday or the Tuesday after? So this Tuesday, I'm going with Jim in Minnesota oh, on Twitter. Okay. And then next week, I'm going with the Danimal. All right. So, I might be able to do the next Tuesday then. Okay. Jim. Okay. I thought, it, I thought everybody was going on the same day. Well, that's kind of what I thought, but Jim said, I'll be there Tuesday, 
Are you still going? I said, yeah, I'm, I'm I was planning on going that that day anyway. Right, let's so. look at that. Let's bring the recording device. Maybe we do a little on-site stuff. Oh, that'd yeah. Maybe we can fun. get an interview. Yeah, that'd be pretty sweet. Yeah. Uh, all right. Back to Minnesota. Like I said before, I I tried not to uh, uh, focus on quarterbacks yeah. or the quarterback room too much, but I think with Minnesota, it is definitely a place to start. Why? Because I do think Minnesota looks solid in a lot of different spots. Their offensive line looked a lot better. Very promising, the last right? three or four games. Yep. The wide receivers look good all oh, year. Oh, they were studs. The running backs look good. They are loaded in the backfield. <laughs> all year. Absolutely loaded. Um, I do think there's going to be a lot of new faces on defense, okay? Yeah. Um, there's going to be people that need to step up. Uh, defensive end Boya Mafe. Hmm. By the way, didn't know this. Uh, got that text from one of my insiders in Minnesota, Selesky, okay. uh, on, on Twitter. And uh, he texted the name to me of Boye Mafe, mm-hmm. and I, I, I didn't know how to uh, pronounce it. I, sure. I texted back to him like, "You made that up. That's like that's like a Madden name. Right? You know, they, they just generate one. Sure. You can go on websites, and they have the pronunciation. They have the either the player or somebody in the SID actually saying. Oh, the so like if you names. go to the Minnesota yeah. football web page, yeah. okay, oh, that's pretty clear. Yeah. Uh, linebacker Thomas Rush, a couple other guys you could point at. They're going to need some guys to step up on defense. But to me, everything comes down to if this is if this is going to be a special year for Minnesota mm-hmm. where they get to the Big Ten championship. Okay, you're going to need a quarterback. Just like yeah, any, just like any other team, you're going to need the quarterback. Yeah. I have questions about that. To me, oh it's, yeah, I find I it to a certain degree ironic that they seem to look so solid in so many different position groups mm-hmm. but the one that has the most question marks to me is the most important one on the football team which is quarterback now i i hate when people do this to my team so i'm not trying to do this to minnesota but they people are too hard on freshman quarterbacks after basically watching them play in three games little you know three series sometimes right. people have made up their mind on a young quarterback sure. if he's going to be good enough so i'm not trying to do that to Zach Anikstead mm-hmm. and Tanner Morgan but I, I'm, I'm going to need to see more in the spring and in early part of the fall. So I definitely think I've been saying this since last year that Tanner Morgan is the better choice. I think that's who they should go with personally. Do you, you disagree? Um, I do not agree. Yeah, I do okay. disagree. Um, there's no doubt that Zach Anikstead is the quarterback that the fans. Well, and it's take, the one probably that PJ likes better. And I think so, too. Yeah. Um, I just mostly it comes productive. down to the deep ball. He throws a better deep ball yeah, he than does. Tanner Morgan. Uh, they think he's got a chance to be a little bit more athletic in the pocket. Um, the thing with Zach Anikstead, if you're trying to actually kind of look on the positive, is that he was battling injuries last year. And yep. that's where a lot of the inconsistency came from, right. along with the fact that he's a freshman. This is his first time starting and playing D1 football. But to me, that's where the biggest thing. you got to see something out of the quarterback room. Yeah, and I think Anikstead just fits the mold of what P.J. likes in the quarterback a lot better than Tanner does. My my feeling on Minnesota overall is just keep doing what you're doing. They were trending so good last year. I don't expect them to be contending for the Big Ten West, per se. But I, I think they can build off of last year and get seven, eight wins somewhere on there. Okay. All right, next up, there's six team that we're covering, the Rutgers Scarlet Knight, which yeah. is the highest they have ever been in any kind of ranking uh, or position group. Uh, anyways, so Rutgers uh, <laughs> spring game. Yeah, Rutgers spring game. Okay, where are we at, Rutgers? We got them on 330. At 330, 
Saturday, April 13th. That's when most of these games are on Big Ten to go. Um, I don't mean to bag on Rutgers too much. I, you know, I'm going to do it a little bit more. But when we were breaking down the teams that, you know, seven for seven for each one of us, Kurt wanted to focus on, he jumped on Rutgers. Oh, and yeah. I was like, thank God, buddy. You know, you, you, you're a good soldier taking one for the team. I've got a kinship with them. Yep. Being an Illinois fan. Um, so where do you start? With- you know where I'm going to start? You're, this is not going to be expected. You were probably watching basketball to get, today, weren't you? Yeah. I was watching the wrestling NCAA nice. national championships. Oh, I, clicked, oh, I clicked it. I watched it. Did you see I that there were two Rutgers national champions? They got a good wrestling program. Well, I thought so, too. Those are the first two ever in their program history. That have won national championships? Yes. Okay. Isn't that crazy? That That is surprising. Yeah, I was surprised, too, because normally that's kind of how I think of them, too. That you usually see them putting guys into the national tournament, right? So they've always kind of got the always the bridesmaid, never the bride I guess. type of deal. Yeah, so they didn't just get one; they got two. And I watched the second one; it was awesome. Okay, looking at Rutgers here now. Obviously, a struggle. Did you throw a dart at the Rutgers board and just pick a group? Okay, it's not that bad. Well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it! I didn't want to do that. All right. We don't want to focus on quarterback play, but you have to bring up Art Sikowski and how absolutely atrocious that passing game was last year. I mean, embarrassingly bad. Now, you watch Art. He's got the arm, right? Does he have everything else? That's what we're wondering. Now, it wasn't all of his fault. Obviously, they, they had struggles on the offensive line, too. They were a little bit better run-blocking team than pass-blocking, so I think that's one of the things they have to focus on. They lost a couple guys off of that offensive line. They need to replace them and find a way – to protect Art, to see if he can get the ball down the field. And speaking of, one of those guys they lost was Jonah Jackson, the center to Ohio State, mm-hmm. which is total BS. Absolutely. Um, but they need to improve a little bit on the run blocking, too, to open up holes for Pacheco and Blackshear. That's where their offense is going to go through. They, they want to start on the ground and open up the passing game. Um. They are waiting on a few transfers, so their help is on the way. They've got a linebacker, wide receiver, and tight end, all that filed waivers to try to play this coming year. And off the top of your head, I mean, to put you on the spot, are yep. they guys transferred from other Power 5 teams? or maybe uh, The linebacker's from Michigan. Okay. Yeah, Singleton, I think is his last right. name. Uh, another guy from UCLA, and I can't remember where the third guy is from. So it should be pretty – coming to Piscataway. Yep. Um, now, really young team here. That's probably – that's probably the biggest thing they have going against them. They have six scholarship seniors. Eesh. So that's I, – I just get bigger, stronger, and wiser in the offseason. Yeah. That's the best you can hope for. All right. That brings us to the Iowa Hawkeyes. Do you have anything down for their spring game? I know they have a open scrimmage. Yep, I do. I have Iowa wet blanket oh, of the Big Ten. That was, that was mean. All right. Um, maybe I'll regret saying this, but – there's not a ton of position groups to point at where there's huge question marks. Really? With Iowa. Yeah. Defensive line. That's got to be one. So, defensive line. I know you line, got AJ. Yep. Yeah, defensive line is talented but thin. Okay. And there's we, – we still don't know about Davion Nixon. If Davion Nixon comes back – Right. This is the and, one that looked like he might have to transfer because right. of grades. Yep. And – John Wagner, the uh, very good uh, recruit from a year ago, mm-hmm. if he is solid, we suddenly have a very good six-man rotation. Okay. we got three defensive tackles and three def- defensive ends. I-, I feel like that's maybe just the low-hanging fruit that's easy to grab, okay, to me. So 
it's, it's what a, about tight end? I mean, they rely so heavily on the tight end. And that's the other low-hanging fruit. Um, I, I think they're going to be fine at tight end. Really? I think, I think tight end is a, a, a philosophy at Iowa. I, I, yeah. I'm not saying anybody could just you know walk in and play tight end, but I would say most tight ends would walk in and have more production than you would at other schools because it's just a focus of the offense. That's how we go yeah. about it. Um, I, I do think there's talent there. Yes. Okay. So I, I'm not, of course, and everybody's like, well, it's not going to be like 2018. Well, it's never, no, no, that was the greatest year of tight ends. Not the, just at Iowa, at anywhere. Nobody's right. expecting it to be 2018 levels. If it's 2016 levels, it's still a pretty good tight end group. And that's where okay. I would think it'll be. So I have my doubts because you got a, a good quarterback in Stanley, but he's pretty one dimensional, right? He's not going to take off and run. I think he relied heavily on the tight ends last year. They don't have great running backs. They're just great. okay running backs, right? They don't but have not a question mark. There's nothing. Uh, not a question mark, but they're not. They're not going to win games just by you know hand the, hand the ball off to the running backs. Yeah, it, yeah I it, agree. And the wide receivers are good, but not great. I just don't see. I don't see any position group really jumping out at me like I did last year with their defensive line. Um, no, uh, I agree. I think and tight ends, obviously. I think the offensive line will be very good. I think we'll okay. have the guy will have the two best tackles in the Big Ten. Really? Next year. Wow. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of people are projecting okay. the tackles to be first, second round type no of picks All right. next year. Um they've made some changes on the offensive line. Look at you. I wasn't even going any of this direction. I just like the listeners to know. Kurt Kurt took me off into yeah. this into this area. So very quickly to the part that mm-hmm. I was gonna bring up is the, the one that confuses me the most or the spot that confuses me the most, uh, concerns me the most, excuse me, is linebackers. And okay. um, Iowa has always done a tip a type of 4-3 where the one outside linebacker is a much lighter, you know, type of it's linebacker. Almost, so almost it's, like a nickel. Yeah, well, it's almost like a 4-2-5 that sure. you wind up running. Right. Um, which is different than a nickel. Um, Christian Kirksey, who's very good for the Browns, he was the the quote unquote star uh, position for years, okay. and was very good because he was just good in open space. Um, last year was obviously Amani Hooker, aka the Swiss Amani knife, because yep. he could play linebacker, slot corner. I saw something online that uh, out of the Big Ten graded slot cornerbacks, he was the highest rated slot cornerback okay. last year. I don't know what they're going to do with that position. Is it going to be a DB? Is it going to be another DB, which would be a lot of people are looking at DJ Johnson or Michael Ojemudia, or will they go back to a more traditional linebacker that is more athletic? Uh, Nick Neiman has tested very well, yep. very athletic, and then incoming freshman Justin Jacobs is yep. another one. I mean, that's so to me, that's what's going to be interesting is who plays that position and will they be able to play it. 85% as well as Amani Hooker did okay. last year, and I think it's a big part. I'm mostly interested in defensive line. That's what I'll be watching. Okay. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm, I'm interested in the defensive line. I'm not yet as concerned as a lot of people uh, seem to be. So that brings us next to the Purdue Boilermakers. Their spring game is? They are playing at noon on Saturday, April 6th, all alone on Big Ten Network. Good for them. Very smart. All right. I'll take over with Purdue here. So, Replacing one of the best quarterbacks in the Big Ten last year, what'd you think of Sindelar when he was playing? He was either scintillating or a dud. I thought he was pretty underwhelming. He was actually battling injuries all of last year too. I don't know if you knew that. that but was, he won. He the, won the job early, but then so lost I don't, it. Yeah, but, but I he don't was think, injured too. He so a, he got injured that quick. Is what? We're yeah, he had a shoulder thing going on. 
Um, obviously, they got Rondale Moore, but who else do they have in offense? They lose Markel Jones. They lose DJ Knox. So they, they've got a battle going on right now at running back. Um, who else are you going to give the ball to uh, other than Moore? That's, that's my biggest question for Purdue right now. They're also rebuilding their offensive line. Yep. This is going to be yeah. possibly a little bit of a tough year. This may be like the hiccup year for, for Jeff Brown before he gets some more recruits in and gets another year. And if I I think they were pretty senior-laden on defense last year. They were, yeah. In fact, um, so Marcus Bailey also banged up a lot of last year. Torn Labrum, um, he's going to be the key to the defense. It looks like they're thin enough at the defensive line that that, that – that four-star defense, defensive end, George Karlaftis, he's looking good. I, I think you can probably expect him to start this year. True freshman. Okay. But, yeah, they're, they're losing a lot on defense, too. They, they got a lot of holes to fill on both sides here. So, Jeff Brom has got a big coaching job ahead of him this year. We'll see if uh, the, the cradle of uh, deity coaches. Right. And maybe I'm painting too bleak of a picture. They do have a lot of uh, freshmen coming in. This may explain why they recruited – so many wide, wide receivers. receivers. Yeah, I think you could see a lot of them playing right away. Yeah. yeah, which typically does not bode well for your offense when you have that many young people playing at skill positions like that. Yep. Although I think with overall, I'm probably a little more concerned with their defense than yeah. I am offensively. But it's up for debate. Yeah, it probably is. <laughs> All right, that brings us to the Michigan State Spartans. Their spring game is Sparties at 2 p.m. Saturday, April 13th. Big Ten to go. So I guess you could, to a certain degree, start with a position group and say quarterback. Yeah. Because Cause it was so atrocious. Last it was there. Oh. Uh, Brian Lewerke, who looked so good in 2017, maybe didn't just take one step back last year. He might have took two step backs. And another guy that was banged up all year. Yep, banged up. Um, Rocky Lombardi came in. Not, yeah. um, not so good. But then even looking bigger picture than that, it's just the – entire offense and the entire and the big shakeup that they had on the coaching staff so in is brad salem uh was okay. formerly their quarterback coach he is now the the sole offensive coordinator they had two co they had code offensive coordinators last year and dave warner and jim bullman they're still on the staff okay one's coaching quarterbacks now they kind of flip-flop one okay. coaching just focusing yep. on offensive line after being the tight ends coach so went from tight ends coach to, to offensive, offensive line. line. That seems like an odd switch there. You would think you would want your offensive line coach to be a, a tried and true. Like O&D line coaches, they need to always be O&D line Pretty coaches. Pretty much, yeah. Deal. You know, you, you can maybe switch some stuff it's around. It's not like going from wide receiver to running back. Something like that, right. Yeah. So I hate to use this analogy. I'm going to use it anyways. But with that coaching staff, it does bring up the old saying that you're just – you know, moving around the chairs on the deck of the Titanic yeah. a little bit. <laughs> so could it look, could it, could it work and could it look better? I th It sounds a little, a little bit of desperation there to me. Like what else are we going to do? Yeah. Um, I'm D'Antonio. I'm, I'm a little bit, you know, long in the tooth. I don't want to restart my entire offense by bringing in all these coaches. Sure. Let's give this a shot. And I hate to bring up the analogy, but this is exactly what I love the guy, but what Coach Fry did after 1997. Okay. Um, same pretty much coaches sure. that were on the team. They, he just switched them around. Right. And it led to 1998, which was bad. So what about the defense? Because they had such an outrageous 
good it's defense. It's still going to be a very good defense. I mean, I got it's I got no problems with it. it when have wow. we ever had a problem with so, Michigan? Even even the bad year two years ago, they still had a pretty good defense. So they're basically the the mirror image of Nebraska. Yes. If you combine these two teams, <laughs> you'd have a damn you'd have good one team. twelve and O team and one O and twelve. Team. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. All right, that gets us through Michigan State into the Maryland Terrapins. Spring game is Terps are all by themselves Saturday, April twenty seventh, noon on Big Ten Network. All right, what's what's Loxley got cooking? All right, so obviously when you get a new coach in, into a program, you usually take a step back, right? Pretty much always do, and then you got. Take a step back before you take a step forward. But this is a little bit different situation, don't you think? I agree. This is not like it's not like Durkin got fired because he was doing a terrible job. He had been recruiting really well. There's plenty of talent here. So to me, the biggest thing here is can Mike Loxley be a head coach? Because we've seen it before. It was pretty ugly. And can I, he get through a couple seasons without I don't know without punching an offensive coordinator or something like that? <laughs> you knew where I was going. So I, I think even Maryland people would tell you it's kind of a gamble, right? Yeah. This is kind of a gamble higher. Yes, you know the guy's going to recruit, and in such a small time span, he did an amazing job recruiting this year. Not just getting recruits, two types transfers. Portals, yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, he home runs in the portal. Uh, let's see. He got. Um, Tight end Tyler Mabry from Buffalo, and then he got Josh Jackson, Virginia Tech quarterback, to go along with an already, you know, pretty talented um, a roster here. Now, on defense, they are going to be really young. There's very few, maybe even no seniors on their two deep, so that's a concern for me. Offensively, can they get a passing game going? They obviously didn't have that last year, but again. You look around, there's plenty of talent everywhere. There's no reason they shouldn't be able to do that. I feel like the one thing we know with Locks is he's the recruiting. I, oh, yeah. I, I honestly think you could say everything else that is involved with him, coaching, game day coaching, yep. putting staffs together, putting game plans together, yep. it's all a big mystery. It is, and – for those that don't know, he was the offensive coordinator under Ron Zook for his first few seasons and did, you know, I mean, so they had a couple years where they were terrible because they just didn't have the personnel. And then they broke out in the third year. And really, that was because they had Richard Mendenhall. Sure. I mean, let's be honest yep. here. He looked like a genius. Who was recruited by Loxley? He was actually a commit from the Turner from Turner. Okay. He was committed but not signed yet. So then Turner got fired. Zook came in and was able to hang on to him. So I'm sure Locks had something to do with that. But you know, as soon as Mendenhall went away, they took a big dip the next year. So yep. yes, I agree. There's a lot of question marks there. All right. Uh gets us through the Maryland Terrapins on to the Wisconsin Badgers spring game is one PM Saturday, April thirteenth on Big Ten to go. All right. Um, listen, their offensive line is going to be fine. Every, I understand. Okay. They lost a ton. But a lot okay. of the guys that are going to be starters this year played a ton of snaps. That is a good point. Last yes. year. We're, we are literally talking about three out of five that have guys on the lot. offensive line that played yes. not just snaps, starts. Right. Uh, with one of them being probably a preseason All-Big Ten, maybe All-American. Okay. So my my point is – 
I would kind of actually compare it to Iowa's defensive line because okay. Iowa had a eight man defensive line rotation last year, right? Which is crazy. if you drop off and go to a six man defensive line rotation, it doesn't mean it's bad. Yeah. It just means it's not as good as it was last but year. But you got to hope I, for staying healthy. Well, and right, and I would say the same thing about Wisconsin's offensive mm-hmm. line. If this was the offensive line at Rutgers, they would say, "Wow." This is a, oh yeah, they'd say. Do you know what I'm saying? We haven't had an offensive like like this. And so, so I think you have to say that in relative terms. On okay. De- on defense, they had a ton of injuries yes. last year. They were thin going into the season on defense, and then they had injuries. They still finished middle of the pack in defense. That's a good it point. Wasn't like it was a bad defense. I think they'll be fine on defense. They they do lose some talent though. They do defensively. Yes, but. I'm still I'm going to need to see another year or two of the Wisconsin defense looking bad before I suddenly think that it's gone in the tank. You're probably, I'm sorry. I've yeah. got too many I've got too many memories going through sure. with this type of stuff. Obviously running back's good. Wide receiver and they're just receiving core in general, not as good as running back but still very strong. So what does that bring us to for the final question? Unfortunately quarterback. We got to talk about quarterback. Um so down away goes Hornybrook. Yeah. So no more Hornybrook. Gonna Hornybrook. So one of, if not the most interesting quarterback battles, I don't think just in the Big Ten, but maybe across the country. Yeah. Is is in Madison okay. this year. Everybody, all eyes are on Graham Mertz. Yes. He is the absolutely. incoming, looked amazing seven star quarterback yes. from Easily uh, seven. He set a record. Um he did look good. In that, he did in uh, absolutely that, in that uh, All Star game. Absolutely, he he was finding receivers not just like open, right on stride, hitting them, making them, letting them make plays. Okay, now let's say Jack Cohn wins. Okay, how how do you, how confident do you feel in that? <laughs> no, it, it, like he wins. The well, con- and let's just say real quick. Right now, if I'm going to take a guess at the depth chart, mm-hmm. it would be Jack Cohn, okay. Chase Wolf. Danny Vandenboom. Okay. Great name. That is a good name. Yeah. And then Graham Mertz. Because you always start the freshman at the bottom of the depth chart okay. coming in, or at least maybe have one of those lines through him and Vandenboom. So I'm most interested in Wolf and Vandenboom, personally. The, uh, okay. Like, to win the job? Yes. Yes. Hmm. Like, because I have no confidence in Cone. I've already seen that. We don't need any more of that. Uh, if I'm Wisconsin, that's like the last place you ever – expect a true freshman to play at quarterback right I mean they usually bring these guys in groom for a couple years yep. so- and they and what I've read into it and you know looking through is that Chris does run a somewhat complicated type of offense where okay. he expects a lot out of his quarterback obviously with him being a former quarterback that would make sense you see that a lot of times out of coaches like that mm-hmm. so if that's the case that would actually swing things back to cone because he's got the most time with it but another thought process is chase wolf took the mental reps last yep. year has had a chance yep I don't think there's any question he's more talented as far as arm talent than Jack Cohn yeah. maybe every other measurable for for talent right to me the two quarterbacks that I'm most intrigued if about if I'm a uh, Badger fan is Chase Wolf and Graham Mertz yeah. those are the two I think seeing those will wind up being the future of Wisconsin in some well, I guess capacity. that's what I'm kind of saying but I think even this year I don't see Cone being the guy no and especially after what you just said I don't see Mertz being the guy either okay or Vandenboom how, how old is Vandenboom 
Uh, also, a, I think he's a redshirt sophomore. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I feel okay about Van and Boomer Wolf. One of those two. I think there's the guys. This type of of quarterback competition. This I hate this when I'm I'm a fan of one of these teams. I want somebody to just step out and be the obvious right choice. Away. Right yeah. away. I just want it simple. Yeah, because you don't, don't want like... it dragging on. You don't want the question mark. You don't you don't want guys getting less reps because they're not a clear number and one. That's the thing. You, you, these yeah. guys got to get reps, and I always think of the same thing. Uh, I don't know who they open up with, but quarterback gets off to a rough start, and you always got that. Well, well, should we pay the backup? Yep. And, ah, and the, the backup guy is always the, the favorite of the fans, right, yeah. when you got a situation like always that. A, yeah. All right, that gets us through Wisconsin. We're on to the Northwestern Wildcats. Their spring game is? Spring uh, game for oh, Northwestern. Uh, they are wet blanket, wet blanket number, number two okay, of the your, Big Ten. That's big no Kurtz. spring big game awesome little... for the Northwestern yeah. Wildcats. Right, Shame got? on you. Shame, Pat Fitzgerald. This is for the fans. Okay, Northwestern. The, the, got an insider here. We we know about him. He's good friend of the show, Tim Chapman. He is on Twitter at champion underscore lit. Also has his own podcast called Bowl Full of Chips. Him and his brother, they're both uh, – uh, Central Michigan Chippewas, so that's where the chips comes from, bowl full of chips. Give it a listen. Incredibly knowledgeable. So for me personally, I think the biggest thing is um, Clayton Thorson leaving and leaving that that leadership void. So can Hunter Johnson come in? and So he's the heir apparent at quarterback. He's the transfer from, from Clemson. Also a seven-star. Seven-star. Can he come in and fill that void of being the leader? And this is Northwestern, so if he doesn't, don't you kind of think somebody is probably going to – somebody else. They'll have a very intelligent quarterback that's accurate. Right. But but Hunter will be the starter, it looks like. Uh, who are the wide receivers going to be? Lost Cam Green. Horrible story. Had to, had to uh, retire from football. He's their super back. Lose Flynn Nagel. They don't have a lot of big playmakers. they got, like, solid receivers, right, but not, you know, game-breaking type. Um, at running back, Isaiah Bowser. Came on pretty strong. Who who are the backups? Isaiah gets injured. That could be bad. But the biggest questions they have, and these are not good ones, offensive line, defensive line. Both are pretty thin. Both are pretty young, replacing a lot of starters. You know, I go down. I look at all the question marks. Even look at their defensive backs. They lose Montre Hardage and Jared McGee, both gone. There's so many question marks here, and I say, well, this is finally the year they take a step back. But I've been saying that for like five years in a row. And a lot of the things you're pointing out now, Chappie himself has pointed out saying these things make me nervous about yep. this team. Um, maybe they overachieved. A, well, we They definitely overachieved a Absolutely. lot in 2018. It was one of the greatest coaching miracles that has ever been pulled <laughs> off. <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, and, and so you still got the coach. That's a great place to start. And yep. if – their quarterback. If Hunter Johnson is that good, and and that's an if. I mean, he, but do you know what I, you know what I'm saying? I mean, if you could sometimes with football, just boil it down and keep it simple, mm -hmm. right? The coaching will be there. Correct. If, if you have good coaching, meaning you're going to get the guys lined up in the right spots, playing well, we know we're going to have that. That's that's a constant. If they're now mix in a stud quarterback, yeah, this is a good team. Just like that quick to me. Oh, boy. And it's a big if. Don't get me wrong. It's a big I mean, if, yeah, because we, we don't he, – he's he's an unknown commodity. You know, 
he was a five star. He got beat out by Se- uh, seven star. Seven star. <laughs> he got beat out by a, probably a six star and another seven star. So we don't really know, but yeah, we you have to expect he's going to be Clayton Thorson ish, don't you think? I expect him to be better. Okay, that's just my thoughts. Boy, well, now another thing to keep in mind: new offensive line coach Kurt Anderson. So that's that's an area where I've always felt like they have tremendous coaching mm-hmm. so i think that's a big question mark for me too all right we got two big hitters left for teams next up the the excuse me i have to pause the ohio state buckeyes their spring game is saturday april 13th at noon on big 10 network don't know if you guys heard but there was a big transfer in mm. to columbus who's that his name is justin field okay okay he's from georgia and uh, what I have heard is that last year it was a debate on who was the best quarterback in that class, Justin Fields or Trevor Lawrence. Yes. Yeah. Trevor Lawrence turned out to be a pretty good quarterback. So if that is the case, the same talent evaluators mm-hmm. that have were wondering that, that means Ohio State has a mega talented quarterback to step in with Justin Fields. And you are correct. There was somewhat of a debate. I think most considered Trevor Lawrence to be the slightly better prospect, but Fields was not far behind. So no debate. It's just going to be interesting to watch him throw the ball. I, 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 I've never seen him throw a football, except for no. I clicked on one link one time from high school. And it okay. looked good, but it okay. looks good. So that is going to be interesting. Outside of that, just kind of what's going to be looking like? What, what's How's his defense going to respond? Okay. Ohio State has always, and when I say always, my entire life they've had a good defense. Yeah, last year they they did, did not. not. No, they, which is they amazing gave, considering the talent they had there. It really is yeah. kind of incredible. Um, Twenty five point five points per game they gave. I was forty fifth. Yeah, gave a four hundred and four yards a game. I was sixty yeah. eighth in the country. Yeah, okay, That's I mean these so aren't these aren't not atrocious numbers, yeah. but not Ohio State. Not like. Ohio State numbers. So out goes Greg Schiano. Mm-hmm. In comes Greg Madison. Yep. Been a defensive coordinator most recently at Michigan. Was right. a defensive coordinator at the for the Baltimore Ravens. Yep. It seems like if it's me, he's going to make a tough nose edge. I think he will simplify things big time for that okay. defense. This will be a base. 4-3 defense where you let the talent loose running in cur- they're they're going to be lined up correctly yep. and they're going to attack people. I would be shocked if this defense doesn't look a lot better immediately. See, I don't know why if you're Ohio State and Michigan you don't play that philosophy all the time. Just line up in the right freaking place and I let think the talent anybody, get it done. I think anybody is susceptible to paralysis by analysis at yeah. some point. And I think that's what you saw last year. There's been a lot of reports about that being the case where they had too many guys rotating in and out yeah. in the defensive backfield. They were like rotating like seven D backs. Oh. Just just keep it to your four and your nickel package. Know who's supposed to be on the field. Let How much of that is to keep kids happy so they don't transfer? I wonder. I would love. Cause that's that, a- and I'm not joking right now. If, if I could sit down and talk to a coach like when he's got like sodium pentothal 
Yep. Like, you know, in his bloodstream where yep. he's telling the truth. I don't know if that stuff actually works or not. But I don't is that know. an actual thing? Or is that I just a movie? Is that just I mean, a it's movie? a thing. I yeah. don't know if how much it works. I would not. love to know how, how much that weighs in when they I mean, when you, they put depth charts together. You have to consider that, especially in today's age where it's transfer you, all the time. Yeah, transfer wherever you want. Yeah. No, no problems. All right. Uh so that will wrap up Ohio State. Last team is the Penn State Nittany Lions, their spring game is. 3 p.m. Saturday, April 13th, and they are on Big Ten to go. All right. Yeah. All right. What's uh, what are we looking at? Here? All right. What are we looking at for Penn State? I know we try not to we try not to start with quarterback, right? But how can you not start with, as you like to call him, Run TMC? <laughs> he, he's one of their better quarterbacks, probably in their history, yep. right? Yep. And Talking no about Trace McSorley. Trace McSorley. No better like game day guy. No better. No one you'd rather have the ball in his hands to win a game, right? Mm-hmm. He He's out the door. So who do they have replacing him? Well, it's going to be a battle between Sean Clifford and a banged-up Tommy Stevens. Tommy Stevens. Yep. So that's a huge question. I think they have lost so much talent in the transfer portal. I don't care what you say. It's going to matter, especially early in the season, right? They're, they're replacing so many guys with freshmen, sophomores – that that's gonna bite you at least at least early on until they get you know their feet under them, don't you think? You could make an argument that the team in the entire Big Ten that needs to have the best spring is Penn State because yeah. of so many new faces and mixed with the expectations. I mean, they're ranked pretty consistently for all the preseason things I've seen in the top fifteen. Mm-hmm. But look at all the new faces in in all over the place. So much, so many new play, new faces. Um, now the D. Here's the good news: they were young on D last year, pretty solid defense, especially at the end of the year. They're only going to be a year older, a year better. So I think they're going to look fantastic on defense. I just think it's going to take a little time to get it going offensively. Not to beat a dead horse, but it's just going to come down to quarterback to me. I feel okay. like they're going to have they have a very talented running back group i know they're all new sure. but they are all studs in fact i think you can just keep saying that across the board on so many of their position groups which is why we can, we can call james franklin into question for game day coaching oh yeah absolutely I think penn state fans called james franklin without a doubt his recruiting and roster building though is it's been seconded on i mean the way he's recruiting you can win a national championship the way he's been recruiting yes but you've got to retain players too and coach them and have a little bit better stuff game day as far as X's and O's. No doubt. But I don't think there's any question that at least a big part of the reason there are so many names in the transfer portal mm-hmm. is because they're scared spitless of the talent that has come in the last two classes. And I'm not I'm not blaming them at all, but I know as a coach you don't want to lose that many pl- veteran players. Don't get me wrong. I'm not I'm not trying to say it's not a big deal. I, yeah. I, I'm not trying to gloss over that. I just have this sneaking suspicion with Penn State. They're going to look really good. I'm uh, I'm kind of on the other side of the fence. I feel like this could be like Purdue could be a little bump in the road year okay. before they have a really great year next year. Yeah, I'm not saying 11 and 1. I just okay. uh, a lot of people I think they're really going to drop back. I just don't see that. I mean, I see it being maybe similar to last year. I don't want to yeah, throw a number out there yet, but if I had to guess now 8 and 4, 9 and 3 somewhere on there. And I'd be closer to 9 and 3 for Okay. Me. Yeah. All right, that gets us through all 14 teams. Um not too deep of a dive, but I think some good things just scratch the surface to look at 
Um, you got anything else to add? No, that's all I got. got Just it. looking forward to the Gophers practice on Tuesday. Tuesday. Uh, we got NCAA basketball on the Big Ten, speaking of. I know and my bracket football. actually looks good Your bracket for looks the first good. time in history. Mine looks okay. I'm in 15th place in a huge pool. That's not that bad. Um, the Big Ten is looking good. Oh, they're crushing it. Uh, I'm no Tom Izzo apologist. But when he saw that he got stuck in the same region as Duke, he was he was ticked. Mm-hmm. He's got a point, I think, because the the Big Ten not getting a number one seed when they are by far from spots you you could you could make an argument that the ACC has got the top two or three teams, yeah, in the, in the country, yeah. But teams four through the bottom or three through the bottom, even they aren't nearly as deep as nobody's the Big Ten. as deep as the Big Ten. But I understand them not getting a number one seed. I just don't think they have an elite team. I feel like okay, that's fine. Don't give Michigan State a number one seed, but mm-hmm. don't put them in Duke's bracket. Yeah, that does kind of stink for them, right? So that's weird. I mean, they're 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 clearly the class of the Big Ten. So. There's going to be but seven teams won their first round. That it's in incredible. That's a, that's a record. Totally incredible. Already got three in the uh, Sweet 16 and two more chances tomorrow with yep. Ohio State and Iowa. Boy, it just broke my heart when Ohio State beat Iowa State. That was that was tough. Yeah, it must have been rough. And speaking of Big Ten domination, dominating as usual, the on wrestling their, championships. Wrestling mat, yeah. Absolutely. Spencer and Lee with Rutgers champion. giving us a big Boom. contribution, too. Thanks, Scarlet right Knights. There. I'm assuming Minnesota's heavyweight one. He's oh, I don't know. World. No, I have no idea. Yeah, I, I didn't I'd see look it. Into that. All right, that's all I got. Yeah, that's all I got. It. All right, hey, thanks a ton for listening again. Please share. I am your co-host Jeffrey the Greek, and this is Big Kurt. This is Eyes on Big Podcast. Thank you very much. Bye.